Hey man, grab a slice. Get your gun. We'll watch some movies. We'll have some fun. It's pizza and guns and movies all night. Welcome to Pizza, Guns, and Movies with your hosts, Pat Dowell, Anthony Urso, and Jeff Dorico. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pizza, Guns, and Movies. The movie showstis with the most is, I'm going to just drop it there. My name is Pat Dowell. I'm joined by my buddy. Anthony Erso, and I'm joined by my buddy. Jeff Dorico. And we watched a movie. We actually <laughs> just watched that shit. Yeah. So this is experiment time to see how poorly prepared we are going to be. Mm. Pop, pop quiz. Pop quiz. Jesus. Hot off the motherfucking presses. This week we moved on from the world of the station agent. We jumped on a train headed cross country to the beautiful city of San Francisco. And we dove in to the wonderful and weird John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Or Sissy That Walk. This movie is very fabulous in, very. in like a lot of ways. But yeah, Very. if you mute the soundtrack, much like what we're going to do with one of our future films and add your own soundtrack, <gasps> feel free to find all the RuPaul songs you can find. <laughs> feel free to find all the Trixie Mattel songs you can find. And anytime Lopan is floating through stuff <laughs> or showing us his giant party monster Coke <laughs> fingernail, just, you just remember who sent you. Just blast it. Just fucking blast it. And this week... We're joined by a very special guest who is, believe it or not, from the same gene pool as both Jeff DeRico and Owen Wilson. Oh my wow. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, he just, it, where, where did he come from? Well, hey there, fellas. Yeah, this is Pat DeRico. He's joining us today to talk about this wonderful, weird fucking movie. Evening, gents. Welcome aboard, man. Yeah. How you doing? Here. I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. You're the guest, so you get the comfiest chair. Yeah, but it does kind of I'm, en- I'm envious. <laughs> it does kind of look like the uncomfiest setup though. Well, I actually don't mind it. You look like you're <laughs> you're you're the practice shot of like the low pan when he's in the wheelchair and he's <laughs> motoring around. I'm just waiting I think it's what is the Maxwell, the old uh Tape decks, that's what yeah. that chair Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 No, we're yeah. going to make a great advertisement that we're going to get sued over. Yeah, for the 1990s. Yeah, man, but we invited Padalog because uh, this w- this movie was my pick this week, and the reason I picked it was, once again, this is a John Carpenter film, so we're probably going to cover, if not all of his movies, a Good chunk of his movies. A good amount of the catalog. Yeah, I would say we're shooting at least seven out of ten. I don't know how many movies he's made off the top of my head, but we're going to go 
With seven out of ten, at least. I've seen three so far. Okay. You got four to go to fill out your bingo card. Well, you Woo. should save his best for last, and that's goes to Mars. But we <laughs> probably should. I he's he's done like movies after that. One of them was with uh Amber Heard. Ugh. So can't talk about yeah. her. <laughs> so Legal, so legally we can't oh, talk about yeah, her. I know. I'm I'm Yikes. curious if any money that he gave her <laughs> Johnny either. has changed hands to the other the weird pirate goth singer that is Johnny Depp walking around. But listen, we signed one NDA and, you know, yeah, here now we, we can't here mention we our name. Yeah. So, but yeah, so the like I I may uh, I will say I'm a big John Carpenter nut as we've already established and this was a movie that I didn't know existed until I was hanging out in the front room of a Mr. and Miss Dorico watching this movie. Um, I believe we were 23, and I'm sure we were stinking up the place <laughs> with whatever we chose to be doing. Because if it wasn't anything that was necessarily illicit, we were definitely reheating some salmon or something. <laughs> we were doing something that was a lot of fun that night that just stunk up that house. Absolutely. And um, these two had seen it. I had never seen it, and I didn't even know it was a John Carpenter movie until the credits started rolling because we, uh, when we tuned in is when we tuned in for uh, uh, the basically the, the wedding sequence, the climax of the yeah. movie. Yeah. And then once the credits started rolling and I was like, oh, this is John Carpenter. This is kind of when I had – I believe I hadn't seen They Live at that point. There were a few that were still on the list, but I, like, absolutely loved the four or five that I had seen at that point dove headfirst into this one and have loved it ever since. It's just like such, you know, it, it's a weird, weird, weird movie that, that has to be stated. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it's one of those ones like, I don't know. I, for me, it's rebirthed itself a few times in viewings because like as a kid growing up, I just, you know, you suck in. You're not watching it for the comedy because you don't get a, half of the jokes. You're just seeing, like, these awesome, fun action things happening, like the weird monster that pulls Kim Cattrall into the wall or whatever. Um, like, I, I, like, grew to, like, love it from that perspective and more of a realistic kid's viewing of it. And then later on seeing it in theaters and realizing, like, oh, you dummy, you've missed a lot of these jokes over the years because you just had that version of it stuck in your head. We are definitely going to share some of our experience watching uh, watching that at the Music Box uh, late one night, some night in Chicago, when we uh, realized that this movie was a comedy. <laughs> um, we, 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 I, I feel like we had laughed and we thought it was fun, but we didn't realize where it was like, oh, they're specifically leaning in because it does depend on you know, the setting in which you watch it. We weren't watching it. I don't know. I don't want to make it seem like we were just watching it like, well, this is totally based in the grimmest, grittest reality I ever did see. Yeah. Like, no. No. I, well, for me, it, it's the same thing as Jeff. Like, we saw it when we were, like, seven or eight, and you take it and, and you, th you think it's a lot more realistic and not as funny, but when you're older, I mean, that, that script is great. Like, yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, and they actually had to kind of uh, work with what they were given, uh, considering the circumstances. But um, yeah, no, this one came out in 1986. So uh, listeners, all four longtime listeners of the show, know that we began Thank you. our journey with a different name. <laughs> 
We don't talk about that. We either. don't talk about it. We signed. We signed another NDA about that. Pizza, guns, and movies. <laughs> but um, no. Bruno as well. We just don't talk about him either. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> now we're definitely getting sued. Yep. <laughs> we're going down. But um, the first film that we covered was John Carpenter's uh, Assault on Precinct 13. And that came out in 1976. So this is 10 years later. Uh, in between that time, Carpenter had become uh, sort of um, like it's weird because he's legendary now. And he was on this streak of making really awesome and influential like horror and science fiction movies. But he was never getting any critical love because he, there's something about like Carpenter. So, of course, this is a movie where a truck driver is trying to get his truck back and has to fight a bunch of like Chinese demon wizards and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a crazy, silly scenario. We, we know, like, we know it's not grounded in reality. And I think that this one takes a really good route of, um, I don't know how to put it, like leaning into how ridiculous it is. It's really comic booky. Oh, it's super comic booky. And I it, think that that's what I really appreciated about it on my first viewing is how comic booky this movie is. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, it's funny because the I think a good comparison is the Princess Bride, which you yeah. quoted while we were <laughs> watching it, because like yeah, the reason the Princess Bride is so funny is because of how absurdist everything that they're saying and mm-hmm. doing is, but how serious that they're doing it. Right, and like really they're doing it, it completely earnestness yeah. like and Jeff had pointed out thing. too there's a moment where Kim Cattrall's character is like you mean Lopan the evil demon wizard that loans this one company blah 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 and it's well, like that's what's so like interesting about this is that I so the this movie is one of the ones that very much soured John Carpenter's experience uh, in the studio and so he wanted to go out and start doing his own thing again, which is always a good thing because then I'm pretty sure They Live is what followed after this and then um, a, a few other good ones before just kind of riding softly into the sunset in the form of uh, Ice Cube shooting a bunch of ghost Martians. But um, <laughs> hey, today was yeah. a good day. <laughs> but, um, but so this movie was... Uh, so, and, and I want to I briefly discuss this. Um, it, this movie was was like the same year this came out a rival studio decided to make the movie the golden child with eddie murphy which is the same kind of thing right you've big trouble in little golden child yeah exactly big trouble in little golden child (laughs) Ooh, i should have thought about that before i said it aloud because now it sounds gross redacted that's how it works this is how it works it's declassified now but um UFOs are real. I don't care if anyone knows. So there's that effect. There's that weird effect in Hollywood. And I refer to it as the Armageddon Deep Impact effect, Mm -hmm. where one movie comes out and then all of a sudden another studio is making the exact same movie. And it's so weird because both of them always turn out to be kind of just sort of okay. But I would say in twins trading places. There you go. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no that's rough but uh, but i can't i can't think i can't think or like or like or, uh, you know dante's, dante's peak, peak and volcano, volcano. Yeah. um um joe Jura- versus the volcano castaway i don't think you're understanding the concept <laughs> and i'm trying to make it clear <laughs> oh I'm, I'm sorry no you're doing well you're doing well this <laughs> is Urso's first viewing this is my it. first podcast this is his very first oh, podcast jumanji 
Yes. Holes. No, Get out of here. <laughs> I just became a monkey monkey. But um, so, yeah, th- this movie got rushed, like rushed through. And, and you can kind of tell because there are, as we've mm-hmm. talked about, there are a lot of scenes where um, the characters will just kind of just say everything that's happening and everything that you need to know in a way that you're not supposed to do. But I feel like John Carpenter, what what I read on, like, you know, my very, very not much research on Mm -hmm. it was that it was like he was hired by the studio because they could, they knew he could work under restrictions. They knew that John Carpenter was like basically the quint of like, I'll make a blockbuster. (laughs) But but like, it's just like he could just do it with whatever he's got or go down with the fucking ship, which often happened, unfortunately, through no fault of his own. 23 men go into the water. (laughs) (laughs) Only one movie comes out. (laughs) Only one. And it's going to be a cult classic. But um, so, yeah, th- this one they had to rush through. And I feel like that almost is like a fun kind of like fuck you way mm-hmm. to the studio to be like, OK, you want to get this done quick, but we're going to do this in a really ham fisted way in, in this instance or like do it this way. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I feel like. This one definitely has found its audience. We've talked about it with Carpenter before, and Mm -hmm. and we mentioned it at the end of the Assault on Precinct 13 episode, is that this dude just really likes to make these, like, surprising movies, and he doesn't necessarily give a fuck, like, what the expectations are or whatever. He sort of wants to, like, be in control of it, hence why his first name is sitting in front of every title, and he, like, does the music. Didn't write this one. I didn't know. I was going to say, it really? sounded very less like John Carpenter. <laughs> yes. So he did the music with this guy. I think his name's like Alan Holland How Howarth or something. But it's a good it's a good soundtrack. Yeah. But so, yeah, John you Carpenter. You can hear the influence of like the, 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 the Eastern yeah, type yeah. of. Yeah, the like crap yeah. fuck. That, yes. Like maybe they showed up and they're like, we'll make Kirk Russell look very funny. And they're like, you just called him Kirk. <laughs> well, and I, Kirk. I was going to say, with him, though, he does such a good job with the everyman. Like, and that's because that's, it's always, Kurt Russell always plays that role well, anyway. And that's, and and that's John Carpenter's thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, yeah. He, he's got like a very, like, I, I hate to use the term because I almost feel like it's like reductive, but he does have this like blue collar attitude of just being like, oh, you want a movie? Okay. I'm going to go and make this. And it's not necessarily going to be like a fucking Stanley Kubrick, like kaleidoscope of like whatever, but I'm going to make something that's going to be crazy. It's probably going to be pretty funny. It's going to probably totally captivate you. I feel like um, it, this movie is a great movie to put on to distract a, an angry cat. Like if you have to sneak by it. Yeah, and then you just put it on and it's like, have you paid your dose? But um, yeah. So this one, like I said, came. It is for creature. But yeah, so this is John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. So this was written by Gary Goldman and David Z. Weinstein. Um, They wrote it uh, originally as a Western. So it was set in the 1800s, and it was the same kind of plot and everything. Sorry, one second. Urso keeps on looking at me and laughing, so I got to look behind myself real quick. (laughs) 
I was just imagining. I'm <laughs> I was just imagining that they recycled that script to be Back to the Future Part Three. <laughs> no, it's just a trick to get me to look at Lopan, and he'd be like, "I want those socks, bitch." But um, <laughs> so yeah, give me your blood. <laughs> which, which, like, they do the they go well together for sure and obviously um like in the updated script that wd richter did wd richter definitely sounds like it would be like a bit in like arrested development where mm-hmm. like andy richter would be playing like a woman <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's like i'm wd richter but he actually was the director of buck uh buckaroo bonsai which See, I have watched, watched half of. Okay, yeah. I've I've never seen it, but I I know it. it's 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 a uh, it's it's status. It's legend. It's supposed to be a Fuck cult classic, itself. right? Sounds like a future be... pick. Yeah, no, it's it's it sounds like a future pick, especially sure. since friend of the show John Lithgow plays a villain in it. <gasps> Ooh, but Ooh. he's friend of no one because he's ultimate villain John Lithgow. Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> he just took over the show. <laughs> We're in a clear body bag somewhere, but. <laughs> but he's so not a villain in Harry and the Hendersons, though. Yeah, but he. Uh, think do you he's not see the way Harry he makes Harry cry in that movie? He runs over the Bigfoot with the car and then holds it captive, <laughs> like he's Massimo and the Bigfoot is Laura. It's not a good thing. He's like, you have 365 days to be not a Bigfoot, and it's like, Urgh? and he's like, I shouldn't have tried to play God. <laughs> Now do a John Lithgow impersonation <laughs> to play God. I can't do it. I sound like fucking. Uh, I sound like fucking um, John Lovitz. <laughs> John it Lovitz stinks. as John Lithgow. It stinks. it stinks in John Carpenter's John Trouble in Big China. What? But um, so yeah, so uh, W. D. Richter did a rewrite of the whole script. And he and Carpenter, it's this movie is kind of funny because there's a lot of cattiness surrounding the outside. I was going to say, were they friends or was Carpenter like annoyed? No, W.D. Richter kind of got the screw job because when you oh. see the opening mm. credits, what happens is the movie says written by Gary Goldman and David D. Weinstein. They did. Adaptation by oh. W.D. Richter. The story was the same, but he rewrote Everything. Right, he probably and wrote. He didn't get. He yeah. didn't get the full credit that he deserved, which is rough. But then it was also like something where, like, it's one of those like moral victories. Like you know how Rocky doesn't win at the end of Rocky one, well, mm-hmm. but now, he wins. Now you know how Matt Damon feels. Oh. Yeah, no, that's Richter rough. just couldn't get his DeLorean up to eighty-eight miles an hour to get back in time to the old west, and then he just crashed right into the side of that. <laughs> but yeah we mentioned that the music is by john carpenter um once again just like that very cool synth heavy soundtrack it's always fun for me and i just always i i feel like the reason why i might like that so much is just the fact that i played so much like sega as a kid and it's just like so much like casio and it's fun and it's also the thing just again like to go back to uh, assault on precinct 13 quick we we mentioned that john carpenter wrote that script in like a week and then he did like the soundtrack for it in the course of one night and it it's simplistic it's very bare bones but it's it's memorable bro it's memorable as hell bro and it's just this thing where like and like he just (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but so um, I have never called out a cinematographer before, um, and I want to start doing that. And uh, you know me with names, so I'm just kind of guessing. Dean, <laughs> Dean, and Dean, and uh, Dean, and it, <laughs> <laughs> Dean Cundy. Cundy. He oh, is Mr. Cundy. <laughs> Mr. Cundy. <laughs> I'm John Candy. No, I mean Mr. Cundy. But <laughs> but uh, but he is uh, kind of like a John Carpenter ride or die because listen to this. He was the cinematographer on Halloween. He was the cinematographer. <laughs> That's impressive. On Escape from New York. He was the cinematographer on The Thing. He was the cinematographer on this one. And then he made a bunch of crazy shit because there's some really good ones on here. Um, there is Back to the Future. Oh. Um, there is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which Perfect. he was nominated for an Academy Award for. Wait, seriously? There was all the other I mean, Back was... to the Futures. There was Roadhouse, <laughs> wow. Hook. Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park, Casper, Apollo 13, and then it just kind of goes to Flubber <laughs> and Garfield. Well, he got to work with the greats. He did get to Robin work with Williams the greats. Robin Williams and yeah, no, he, Flubber. He is a brilliant, brilliant cinematographer. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because this movie is like a weird display of a bunch of movies of him that I've seen, like scenes that I've seen him photograph. Mm. There are people sitting in cars in the rain, like in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Except Kate yeah. Cottrell don't have to worry about no T-Rex. She's got to worry about a book called Motherfucker White Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest thing, though, because they always call. So, it be and I've got a Jackie Chan fact in a minute, but being a big Jackie Chan fan, one of his best movies is Rumble in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And there's a character in that who's named the White Tiger, same movie universe. We don't know if she gets killed by lightning. She yeah. definitely gets thrown through that wall. Like WWE style, it's fucking incredible. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, like I, I feel like the thing that I love about John Carpenter's movies is that he dumps people on a very normal day, and then all of a sudden their day just gets really fucking weird. <laughs> like it just gets strange. Look at Austin Stoker. Dude, Austin Stoker literally is just supposed to be watching a police shop, and then That's some being horrible dad is like, oh, I'm doing everything I can to get that kid killed. Let's <laughs> like just wander around. He's the worst dad in movie history still. He really I, is. I keep on thinking about it because it's just like, oh, it's it's fun times. But I don't it, know. He got his revenge. He did get his revenge. He got his vendetta. But um, so, yeah, this one uh, also has special effects by Big Boss Films. I want to shout them out because Ooh. did the did the special effects evoke any sort of other movies? Anything come to mind? There was some green smoke. Mm-hmm. There was some lightning. Mm-hmm. Very, very frightening me. Galileo. Galileo. <laughs> Big Boss Films. Did Ghostbusters? That makes so much sense, doesn't it? Have a lot of like, and the thing, and when I learned that, and that head thing thing. looked like Slimer, and I made that joke. Yes, you made that joke, and that's why I smirked because I was wait. I wanted to say that because I wanted to see if one of you was going to comment on it. I'm a good good sneaker. (laughs) 
So sneaky. I would be sneaker the ghost. Sneaky. But yeah. Sneaky, um, so sneaky. Yeah, man. And the, so sneaky. So Stop sneaky. being sexy. So God, yeah, I know. You're making me all hot. Oh, sorry. Take Crazy. off your pants. There's a ghost in here. Oh, boy. Now we have to pay Watkins. Yeah. Great. Yeah, now we got to give him. <laughs> He's going to just use it to, like, stuff down his underwear to keep it a little bit warmer. <laughs> love that fucking guy. I miss that weirdo. I love you, Chris. I miss you. Miss you. All right, but uh, back to it. Yeah. Instead of talking about Chris Watson's junk, um, we're going to get into the cast. This film stars a rather uh, prominent actor named Kurt Russell as Jack Burton. Um, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter had a really fun like movie duo kind of thing going. They were in, uh, They did a couple movies together, and they were all really, really good movies in yeah. their own way. And this one, um, you know, this one's really interesting because, like, Jack Burden is so fucking funny. Like, he is one of John Carpenter's best creations. Like, we've 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 gone over how Carpenter is able to write a wise ass really well, but what he does is he always, as we said, he likes to surprise the audience and kind of play his own style of chess. He's kind of like it, he, if he was a baseball player, he would be uh, Hunter Pence. You don't you don't teach your kids to play that way, but it works for Hunter Pence, and he he can hit a ball off the tip of his shoe or whatever. It's just like crazy wacky style stuff. And um, I lost my train of thought. You're talking about Jack Burton. Jack Burton. Little Jack Burton. Where he's just uh he it's a subverted hero. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he's all talk and very very little action. Like he has major consequences and he does kind of save the day at the end, but a lot of the time is him like fumbling around or getting knocked out yeah. or getting his fucking ass kicked. It's pretty funny. Like he's like the anti-hero, but not really. Yeah, it, and like, it, it, and it's like you see the update, of course, because he's a trucker. So there's your high plains drifter. Like yeah. that's just like basically the built-in profession. Besides that, and maybe like I don't know, roaming serial killer. But uh, anyway, <laughs> how do we know Jack Burton doesn't have blood on his hands? It's true, especially at the end. Yeah, maybe that thing is back. Hey, but, he said that he had plugged somebody before when he was asked. Oh, yeah, and he definitely didn't look like he was horrified with the moral implications of shooting one of the <laughs> Wing Kong. The weirdest day of Jack Burton's life. But, yeah, no, it's it's expertly played. He's so funny. He kind of is doing, like, this, like, low-rent, like, John Wayne impression much oh, totally. better than Matthew Modine. Oh, yeah. And, um, like, it's just, like, such, like, a funny, like, he's got so many good lines that we're going to quote to you. We recommend watching this movie because it's that good. So, yeah. But, but again, this, this one kind of stands out for, for Kurt Russell in a John Carpenter movie because Kurt Russell actually gets to act instead of be kind of stoic or uh, right. purposely, like, laconic and short. You know what I mean? He gets to kind of just be this, like, outrageous cowboy who just will be like, I'll punch you right in your nose. But then he'll go to punch you. But he'll like, miss. yeah, he'll like punch like a lamp that starts a fire that somehow still gets you out of trouble. Yeah. But it's like the worst way to do it. So, yeah, he, I think he is probably. Yeah, he's definitely the best Kurt Russell character that has been in any of the John Carpenter movies. Like 
I don't get me wrong. I I love the, his performance in like the thing, and you know you have Snake and everything, but Snake's very like you said stoic. So there's yeah, not much just acting. Cool as the other but side this of character's the just so funny because he does commit so hard to being this guy. He's like, like a he's like a so proto good. Homer Simpson. Yeah, where it's like it's like this thing where it's like don't worry, I'll I'll be able to handle this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like in real life stuff. Like oh my god, I I just love him so much in it. So. Um, next up in the cast, we've got Kim Cattrall as Gracie Law. So now... Oh, don't worry. Gracie Law's here. Yeah, no. She's here, baby. She, What's Gracie Law doing here? She she was very excited to join the cast. She was happy about it. I had read that she was like, I actually get to play like a character in an action movie who isn't necessarily running around going, help me, help me, and like all that stuff. And then she played an Egyptian princess the next year in Mannequin. I really, <laughs> really need to see this movie. Because I feel like you've been bringing it up outside of seeing a movie with Kim Cattrall in it. But the real question is, there's four of us here right now. Kim Cattrall is in the movie we just watched. Which one of us is the Samantha? <laughs> I I don't know what that actually means. So, so Samantha I know- was... She's what like 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 what like a conservative aunt would be like. You shouldn't be talking to her, Jeff. She's loose, like that. I think out of the four of us, it's probably me. You're the Samantha. I think I'm the Samantha. All right, really you're the Samantha. I, I wanted to be the Cynthia Nixon, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other one's name. But I also, you know, I feel like I I have been told by somebody of the opposite sex that it might be mean uh calling a woman a samantha <laughs> but i feel like I, i'm not and this is not to this is not setting myself up i feel like i've got to be the samantha because i'm the biggest whore of the group <laughs> all right that's fair i'm in a committed relationship so it doesn't change the fact that you were once a whore i i know i was i was a, pro, a prostituta no i wasn't but i just feel like i capture her spirit Whereas you are the one who would be narrating the episode, who's just like, oh, I'm Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah, <laughs> the Carrie. What's the other one's name? That's I don't know. Kyle there's McLaughlin. two of them. There's the Cynthia Nixon, the redhead, and then there's uh, the mousy brown-haired. Yeah, one. no, <laughs> I don't know what the hell her name is. Cynthia Nixon. All right, so I guess that's just going to be up to debate. The mousy blonde-haired. No, she's got brown hair. Brown hair she blue. was married to Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> was she married to Kyle McLaughlin? In the show. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Kyle McLaughlin from Dune and Blue Velvet. Dennis Dunn is in this movie. He's not in um, Blue Velvet. He plays Wang Chi. Um, as I said, when we were watching the film, and I am assuming I had a scary look in my eyes when I said it, because you guys looked a little bit upset, but... Um, my favorite Jackie Chan was actually going to be, he was considered for the role of Wang Chi. And I think it would have been such a good combo because uh, Jackie likes to, you know, do his comedy with his martial arts, but he had decided to stay in uh, Hong Kong to make the police story movies. What could have been, man, what could have been? Yeah. But then we wouldn't have the protector. I think the protector was already made when he got Uh-oh. offered the role. That movie is really bizarre. Like, it's like all of a sudden you're just like sitting around and then there's like a full bush, like out of nowhere. Like, you don't see it coming. And it's like a, George or Jeb. Again, I've watched all the 365 <laughs> Days movie and this movie made me feel skeezy. 
like this, oh, no. like, when, oh, no. like, and this is like a first viewing where when I was watching it, I was like, huh, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna quote Stefan from SNL, but it's like I'm gonna feel weird when I see my mom next, aren't I? <laughs> like, I'm, it's just like, Ugh. I don't know what it is. But so uh, uh, Dennis Dunn uh, was uh, in, um, he had just been uh, spotted by John Carpenter and something that he had liked. <laughs> and he'd kind of dabbled in martial arts movies and he was excited to do a project in which, um, you know, again, it's kind of weird to say because it's not like this movie is necessarily uh, rated A in the PC camp. But uh, <laughs> but like he was just happy that there were movies about like Chinese culture and, and things mm-hmm. like that coming out and, and Chinese characters yeah. coming out and playing them. And uh, in in the way that Jack Burton is subverted to sort of be a hero that's all talk and no walk, um, Wang is basically the action hero of the movie. Right. He does everything in the movie except for a couple of key moments because, you know, what are you supposed to do? You can't do it all. But uh, next up is James Hong as David Lopan. He is the villain, and I think what he is is that he is a guy who has a curse put on him where he's an old man when it's daylight hours, but then when it's nighttime, he becomes like a drag queen ghost. <laughs> I don't know. I when I, they were when I, we originally meet our like we meet the warring factions and he gets hit by the truck. It's yeah. Daytime, so it's isn't it? what it is is that he's cursed and he's able to use magic to stay in to like to go into his his physical form for a small period of time or like his spiritual form that's when you see him in his drag race attire is like his spiritual full body but like when he's actually I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> but when he's actually like himself he's that old diminished weird looking person because he's like thousands of years old yeah, i think they said now he was see like this 2000. really pisses me off <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say jeff that's pretty ageist of you to call that 2000 year old fictional character <laughs> decrepit (laughs) (laughs) oh man but yeah james hogg's a veteran uh he's he's still kicking uh i mentioned it earlier he was in last year's uh oscar winner everything everywhere all at once um he's just a great uh character actor he's he's been around for friggin ever oh yeah 92 or something something like that but like yeah, it, it, there's just something that I find really cool about actors who stick with it and play one role and will be in like just like a roller coaster of movies from good to bad, but they just stick with it. It's and they, the Sam Jackson effect. Yeah, man, you just you, you get your thing, but it's it, it, you, it, you get your nut. Yeah, you, you do what you nut. can to get your nut. That's what Sam Jackson. That's the like, that's the lesson he's living by. <laughs> Victor Wong is uh, Egg Shen. Egg is the tour bus driver um, in a film, and he is basically like kind of like the good wizard to Lopan's bad wizard. He's supposed to sort of just very flatly tell the audience exactly what everything is because they did not have time to film a bunch of scenes that would explain it. They, did, yeah. they had to go. They had well, to get it done. Well, Fred Savage, <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> let me tell you a story. I, equ- I, equ- I equated him to Peter Falk when we were watching the movie. He, he is was, very He Peter was the, like the storyteller of the, of the film. Yeah, yeah. You, need, you need a guide, man. 
whether he be spirit, physical, or Victor Fong. And, uh, or, I'm sorry, Victor Wong. My bad. But I also just wanted to once again briefly comment that Victor Wong's death in Tremors affects me in a way that is very disturbing to this day because I just always am just like, why couldn't you guys have gotten him up on the soda machine? <laughs> he's, he, he's not a big man. You're Kevin Beckham. You can do it. Anyway, we got Katie Burton as Margot. Um, I always like to jokingly tell people that she goes on to play Phyllis from The Office, but she does not. She um, does have a very young Phyllis look. She's got her. the vibe. She's got the vibe. But she's basically like Gracie's like buddy. Uh, then we got Donald Lee as Eddie Lee, which makes it very easy. He's the maitre d' of the uh, Dragon of the Blackpool Restaurant, of yeah. which... Wang owns, right? Yeah, Wang is the owner. There it is. Then we got Carter Wong as Thunder. He's one of the three storms. And then we got Peter Kwong as Rain. He's one of the three storms. And then we got James Pax as Lightning. Or Raiden. Raiden. He's not he's not one of the three storms. So. He's not one of the three storms. <laughs> oh, that's why we pause. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> oh, I thought this was right. a Mortal Kombat joke. It, it was Big Easy. I, did, I don't know what I just did yeah. there, but the three storms are played by Carter Wong, Peter Kwong, and James Baggs. So they are Thunder, Rain, and Lightning. Thunder d- d- doesn't do things that are really that attri- attributable to Thunder, except for he, yell real loud. And he wears slap bracelets. He does wear yeah. those the leopard print slap yes. bracelets. Uh, Rain uses a lot of wind power. Okay. Getting closer. Light, lightning's there. Lightning yeah. does it. Lightning's the only one that's that actually is the cool one. Yeah. And then we've got Susie Pie as Meow Yin. Um, spoiler alert. Yes, Meow Yin is in fact Chinese. <laughs> we know. We know. And we need to address that right up top because I'm sure some of you, uh, I will say this. This is something I found interesting. Was of all the movies that we have watched for this one. This is the very first time that Anne has actually not sat down and watched the movie with me, and I made a comment about that, and she said, oh, yeah, five minutes in, I knew I, I, did, I had other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, that's, like, really saying something. So I know that some people might get lost in certain, I don't know, like, like obviously, like, the PC stuff and, like, whether or not that is, you know, enough to affect the outcome of the film. Apparently, they cut off. Uh, cut out a bunch of stuff oh that could have offended chinese americans so well, you're welcome well, good <laughs> could have been worse is all good on you say. johnny johnny c yeah but that, that that's just about everybody and and like we said this is kind of like a light-hearted uh sort of like kung fu infused western romp directed it's by like one of a, the it's like a kung fu fantasy magic, yeah high magic Exactly. Film. <laughs> yeah, it is really with, but but also just like with like sashay sauté leader on the wrong way, do it, do it, action. But um, all right, so <laughs> there we go, guys. There it is. That's that attitude I'm talking about. So the film opens up. <laughs> we see the 20th Century Fox logo, and we hear we hear down swimming swinging jim morrison going but um ed shen is getting kind of like grilled by this lawyer who's like uh so uh can you tell me uh before we begin like it's one of those scenes what was this uh green stuff coming out of there Please, please take the time to explain to the audience what we did not have time to film during production, sir. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it's just the cold open, and it's in this kind of, you know, it's noir It's got that nice, like, uh, when they do the, uh, what are those called, the window blinds across mm-hmm. the face. It's got that. It's nice and dark. And, it's just and you also get a little once upon a time. Yeah, once upon a time in little Chinatown. But yeah, the lawyer is like, you know, who are you? And he's Egg Shen. He's a tour bus driver. And uh, do you have any knowledge of the whereabouts of Mr. Jack Burton? And Egg Chen gets... Oh, you leave Jack Burton alone. Yeah, he gets defensive. And you don't want to get... he should. Yeah, I know. Because number one, who's this Jack Burton guy? Why is he getting asked about? And yeah, it's just kind of like a cool... It's a good good, uh, cold open is the word we can use because... uh, Basically, the lawyer is then kind of going through it being like, so, you know, the the city exploded and it was a ball of green fire. Like, it's just like, how am I supposed to explain that? Yes, it's just like, it's so funny to imagine John Carpenter just being like, yeah, just really lean into how exposition heavy the screenplay is so we can make fun of how stupid these executives are. <laughs> By doing this. But so, yeah. And then it's like, do you believe in magic? Which we all, you know. In a young girl's heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clap your hands. Say yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And then it's like, he's like, do you want me to believe in magic, Egg Chen? You stupid, stupid man. Like, it's just like, you're going to try and do that. And then Egg Chen does his little uh, lightning show. He stole lightning's power. Yeah, and I'm sure that Doubting Thomas and Sons were like, we're going to take this case. We're going to take this right now. We're going to jump on board. Magic is real. Yeah, it is real. That's kind of the thing where it's like, yeah, we're in this real world, but still there's an undercurrent of magic, and it's Chinese black magic, which is pretty rad. It'd be a cool metal band name and everything like that. But as Egg Shen says, it's something that's very small. Yeah. And everything starts with something small. Yes, indeed it does. Um, luckily, this film doesn't start with things like a kidnapping <laughs> <laughs> or, or anything like that. So I don't think good. we've ever watched a film that had kidnapping in it. This film does feature a lot of kidnapping, so <laughs> it, uh, it, does fit, it does fit in. With a, with a, with, with our, our reviewer, yeah, yeah, what we're doing. So we get to the the title card. Uh, big John Trouble. Uh, we get to the title card. It's John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China as Jack Burton is just fucking blabbing on his CB driving the Pork Trap Express. Yeah. Just metal as hell. Everyone's heads bobbing up and down as he's just driving that truck talking about how mean he was to his ex-wife. Stuff like that. <laughs> eating a hoagie. And it's just good stuff. And then, uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you take it because it's like uh, got to be one of your favorite lines in movie history. It is. I, I don't. I, but I'm going to murder it because I don't know it exactly. But it's like, he's like, just, just remember when that big old monster in the bar grabs you by the neck and slams the back of your favorite head against the wall and asks you if you paid your dues. Well, just remember what old Jack Burton says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. <laughs> I just love that line. Thank you for coming in. That was actually a very powerful one. <laughs> that was a very powerful audition. John, I don't think that we're going to be giving him a call back. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> don't call him back. It's the Wolverine. <laughs> but no, so, uh, yeah. Snick, and that's kind of like where we get like that little peek into who Jack Burton is, you know, like in in um in in all the dumb classes and stuff like that, and 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 just like kind of in the idea of like like films and shit, 
what you want to see your character doing, like what they're doing for the first time is sort of what you're going to associate with him. So nothing beats him running his ever loving mouth over that radio. Yeah. He's just eating a sandwich, just talking shit to nobody <laughs> podcasting before podcasting exactly. with ever a thing. Oh man. I would have tuned into that shit so much. <laughs> I love it. Like he just does. And again, he plays it. He plays it so well. And he plays it with this like perfect, just like sense of humor and everything like hey, that. Hey, Rubber Duck, we got the Pork Chop Express on the CB. You better turn this on and give, but it's, give a listen. It is very much a like a John Wayne Candy attitude cane. that he, he has underlying throughout the whole process. It is. It, it's just, as we said, like with the truck, he's that he has a reason to That's kind his of horse. Dr- you know, drift in and out of town. And he actually kind of has a similar relationship with his truck that most cowboys had with their horses, Yeah, which is weird. He didn't have sex with his truck, at least we... That we know of. But so Jack arrives at, um, I believe, so this is like a market, right? Like that, that's where he's just kind of dropping off. So he's, he's hauling pork chops, you know? So he meets up with Wang Chi and uh, they're gambling uh, in this market and just kind of having a good time, having a wild time. What are they playing? I don't know. I think it's just yeah, called. I it think was like it, a dice game. Yeah, it's like ca- a, well, wasn't there domino chips on there? Dominoes, yeah. yeah I think it's called. I think it's called bang and yell. But so yeah, it's the morning after, and Jack has won a bunch of money playing whatever game he's playing with those Probably people. dominoes. Probably dominoes. And uh, Wang Chi is kind of like upset with them, and he's kind of bristling as Jack is like sort of being a loudmouth about all the money he won. And once again, I would uh, I would say that it's it's kind of a good. Uh, thing to show of his character attribute uh, 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 is that like he's lucky as fuck. He's got an or, uh, a horseshoe shoved up. Oh his yeah, ass, and it's just it's like, like, yeah, he falls ass backwards into success. He, domin- he dominates the table all night. Yeah, like, and, and they're just all totally wins. And yeah, he even makes comment of that where he's like, oh, it's uh, it's all right. It would uh, you beginner's know. luck. Yeah, beginner's luck. And so Wang is then just kind of like, okay, man, like I need this money, so I'm gonna bet you nothing or double. And, you know, which is kind of crazy and reasonable. But the bet is to chop a bottle right in half. I don't know. I don't know about that. And I don't know why you would do that party t- trick just in general. Because, like, think about it. You've been up all night. It's 6 a.m. And your buddy pulls out a machete and is like, we're going to do a bet where if I cut this bottle in half. <laughs> like, I would be like, okay, Gary, it's time to go home. It's time to sleep <laughs> off that mess. <laughs> All right, Gary. Let's, let's, let's. My theory was he was trying to knock Jack Burton out with that bottle. I just oh, thought that, too. Yeah. Oh, you guys are thinking. I just thought evil. that, too. Well, he's be. it's all in the reflexes. It's all hey. in the reflexes because the bottle trick fails. Jack catches it with his hand, and that kind of becomes the... Well, and Wang said, Wang even says, like, oh, it always works at home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Invite me over for dinner and show me sometime. Until then, pay up. So then (laughs) Wang Chi is trying to just kind of weasel out of it because he has to go pick somebody up at the airport. Airport. And, uh, airport. He has to pick somebody up at the airport. And Jack is like, no, you're, I'm, I'm coming with it. I'm not even going to let you drive yourself. I'm picking you. I'm taking you to pick up your guests in my truck from the airport. That's how little he <laughs> trusts him, which is interesting in a way. Yeah, because it doesn't seem like they would be that good of friends as they profess to one another. Exactly. But yeah. So and then they're doing one of their first very exposition heavy things as they're on the fucking way to the airport, and it's just like, oh man, I don't want to talk about it. There's a big day in my life. 
getting married, haven't been able to sleep or eat or drink or any, and it's just going on and on and on. And we see a picture of Meow Yin for the first time because they're picking up uh, Meow Yin from the airport for 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 Wang. And I would just like to say, I feel like if I was picking up my future wife, like let's say I was living somewhere, um, like I was living in uh, in Ireland or something like that, and I was picking Anne up from the airport, and I showed up with Jack Burton <laughs> in his truck, I don't necessarily think that would go over very well, especially if I have to say, like, you know, if I have to be like, oh, why is it? Why is he doing this? Oh, because I lost a bunch of money to him gambling all <laughs> and night. He doesn't trust me. <laughs> he doesn't trust me, even though I'm a restaurateur. But yeah, so that that's kind of fun. And again, I just think it's it, it's an interesting choice to lean into it so hard because there are parts when they are leaning into the exposition talk so hard that they're Very like heavy. doing that like sort of thing where you're doing a continuation breath throughout. Like mm, it, yeah. it's very yeah. funny stuff. So then we're at the airport. So Jack sees Gracie Law standing around doing Gracie Law stuff. And he's like, hey, who's that? And Wang is like, oh, stay away from her. She's crazy. And then makes a comment about how great or uh, how Meow has green eyes, but also does Gracie question mark? We don't know. And then Jack uh, Jack, Jack goes up. Um, he is like, okay, just remember the part in uh, chapter two of Seduce and Destroy. Missions are go. And he tries to hit on Gracie and she shuts him down pretty hard. That That's a pretty tough approach going up to Kim Kitrow. Yeah, and she airport. tells him that he smells like beer. Yeah, he's he, it's because <laughs> he's time. been drinking all night. <laughs> yes, he has been drinking all night. So, as it's going on, uh, you know, she's kind of like clearly looking for somebody else. She's doing her own thing, right? And uh, then, as uh, you know, he's standing there. Those she like he's he's following her around to kind of try and be like, hey, baby, how you doing? He's doing a, he's pulling a Johnny Bravo. Hey, 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 what's up? Yeah, and he's doing that stuff. But then he's interrupted by these three gang members who are in a gang called the Lords of Death. They have cool sunglasses. Yeah, they're they're how John. The hell can they see with those things? <laughs> they're 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 John Carpenter updated thugs, basically. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the it's the eighties yeah. model of the Street Thunder. It's like the same thing, you know. They're they're uh, they're Chinese members of this gang, and they're just kind of like clearly looking to, to do bad stuff. And uh, they bump into Jack Burton, and he isn't going to take that shit lying down, but he should have because he goes up to confront them, and one of them pulls a knife, and then that like stick on him. Yeah. What are those things called? Like a riot control stick or something like yeah, that? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, it's an extendable one. Basically <laughs> something it's a, that... It's an ex- extendable baton. Club. It's a, yeah. it's one of those things where you just kind of need to know when to pick and choose your battles. And it, but, but at first, the Lords of Death just kidnap some rando, but then she escapes, so they grab Meow Yin. And it's, ba- it's bad news. It's bad news. I so think the, the rando was just supposed to be the distraction, though. But I don't Wasn't know. The rando, the rando Gracie Laws. Yeah. Friend? Yeah. It was going yeah. to Gracie Laws friend. Yeah. It was supposed to be Gracie. It was it was like somebody she was helping get like safe passage because that's yeah. kind of her thing. Like she's she's a member of, of the. Oh, she's a safe stuff. passage now, lawyer. Do you think <laughs> yes. he also filmed like a, a, like a blood brother scene between those guys? It kind of seemed like it. I'm sure they've had to take some type of blood oath after they killed a bunch of ice cream men and little girls. <laughs> I was going to say like a cholo. But <laughs> they had to declare a cholo. But so that's when they, uh, so um, 
you know, Gracie and the other woman are, are getting away. The Lords of Death have already made off with Miao Yin and then uh, Wang and Jack are chasing them off. And that's when uh, they are almost <laughs> run over by by the uh, by the fucking what are they called? The Lords of Death as they're making their escape to uh, presumably sell Miao Yin on a, on a sex tra- trafficking market or something like that. Craigslist. We can't help ourselves. It's a pizza, guns, and movies movie. Yeah. It, there's going to be a kidnapping. But then uh, that's when Jack stands up and goes, son of a bitch, must pay. But um, so then they give chase and they drive into Chinatown. And I always love when he drives into this alleyway that transports them kind of because this is when shit really goes crazy. It's pretty nutty. Like we're 15 minutes in and there's already one kidnapped by the Lord's death. And uh, now he is going uh, deep into kind of the heart of like old Chinatown. Like, and this is kind of where this realm is. And I always feel like that's a nice, like, kind of aspect of the legendary sort of, like, hero's journey storytelling of this movie. It's, it's like he goes into another realm by, like, escaping, like, normalcy and then just taking this literal right turn into this alleyway that brings him to the world that we're about to enter. And boy... Oh boy, do we enter it in a big way because it's kind of mysterious and nobody's like answering questions and they're not sure when they went. And then there's this music coming on and uh, it's these guys who are wearing sort of like geese uh, with gold turbans and stuff like that. And these are members of the Chang scene who are the good guys. We're doing the little signal to one, one yeah, another, their little, their little hand crypt signal. And they are doing a funeral procession we're getting distracted doing this now, but we're doing a funeral procession and uh, they're, they're taking them down. And all of a sudden these guys led by the guy who steals a candy bar yes. in, uh, in Die Hard, um, who are known as the Wing Kong, who are the bad guys with the red turbans. And then they basically just get into this awesome standoff where the Wing Kong start shooting at the funeral procession and then the funeral procession starts shooting back. But then it devolves into more traditional um, kung fu. Uh, this movie was uh, John Carpenter's, like, he had always wanted to make a martial arts movie. He just always wanted to do it. He loved them. I love martial arts movies. I think they're very fun. And, and a lot of times they can offer something very dynamic and cool. And the fight in this one just like kind of combines the elements that I love of both of those, which is just kind of like being able to go when somebody gets like their arm broken or something like that in a cool way, but also just kind of enjoy the actual artwork of like defending yourself, like with like a broom stick and stuff like that. Think of all the fight scene though. My favorite is when he just takes the dude's head and just slams it in between the rocks. It's just the visual he gives you in that. Like, yeah, no, that is a shot out. It's just such a great shot. If that member of the Chang Sing is not dead, his life has (laughs) been life has been horribly ruined. Is John Carpenter is John Carpenter notorious for the like? broken like broken showing arms. the broken bones yeah. and like I multiple feel, directions. I feel like he does I feel like he does in like a, his fight scenes basically. I mean I, I these are the only two movies that really pop into head where stuff like that happens. I mean in the thing technically there's a bunch of broken bones because that but that's because people are being like, <laughs> like stuff like that. So <laughs> they're that's, being that's kind thinged. of a different thing. They're being they're being thinged. I want to say he still does that in the thing though too where there is a visible break of something. Well that one like guy one gets shot. Guys, yeah. 
that that's the only thing that happens yeah, is that okay. one guy gets shot. <laughs> I can't. It's been a minute, so I've got to uh, rewatch it again. Yeah, I love that movie. I can watch it like all day, every yeah. day, every single day. Well, I mean, he does it. Doesn't he do it in uh, They Live as well? Isn't there a scene where an arm gets broken? Maybe. No, Maybe. No. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't know. So. I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't remember. No, it's not like it's break. like a thing that he does that often that I can remember. But he liked to do that practical effect a few times in this. That's what I know. Yeah, that's what I, I. I know there is a director, and I thought it was John Carpenter that likes to do that, like. Well, Tarantino yeah. did it for the Kill yeah. Bills a couple of but times, but that was because yeah. it was he was he was doing a kung fu movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was just more so we're thinking level. of the kung, kung fu movies that we've yeah, seen probably. before. Yeah, and it's just pretty dope. Kind of well, it in. that's the fun part is he does that. He does the arm breaks, and then he does the shots where he's got like either it's a dummy's head that's covering like a third of the camera shot. And the guy kicks, and you see the head go flying off of the screen. Like he does a couple of those frame ups that are just so perfect yeah. with this. Yeah, no, he it's did. Fun. It's fun. It's 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 martial arts delivered in the way that mm-hmm. only John Carpenter can deliver it, which is super fun, long tracking shots and letting the action breathe. God damn it! <laughs> but then this uh, epic battle, which the Chang Sing, the good guys, are actually kind of winning because that's when they're starting to give each other their little hand symbol. But then they're interrupted by the three storms, which is thunder, (laughs) rain, (laughs) and then and then lightning. (laughs) So these three storms are basically these like supernatural entity warriors, like these super warriors that have. uh, But as we've said, they're named the three storms. None of them, except for lightning, have attributes of the actual storm. Thunder does have the slap bracelets. He has those slap bracelets, so he should be named Slappy. But, like, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lightning looks like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. It's totally Lightning does look like Jeff is pretty fairly convinced, but we, I I do want to put it out there that we have not confirmed whether or not Raiden is totally Raiden. It's very similar, but people just have like electric powers. Yeah, true. It all depends on which one came out first. This one came out very first. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Did it? Yeah, this yeah. one came out like five. Yeah, I think five Mortal Kombat early. came out in 1990 something. Uh, 90s, bro. Yeah. Uh. But anyway, so they yeah. they're they're just these like supernatural warriors, and the uh, the Chang Sing start taking pop shots at them. No no bullets are affecting them because of course then the movie would be over, and they'd be like, oh well, thank God that adventure's over. High five, freeze man. But um, then it's just like they they pull out their knives and they do that super flip and they kill the three guys. And then Jack is just sitting there just like, what in the name of God is going on? Like his his face just reads really well. He he and Kim Cattrall get special awards in this book because they both emote and sell it really well. Like they both aren't necessarily like the like greatest actors of all time, but they they both do a very good job in this film. And then in this particular part, Jack starts to drive the truck away as the three storms are approaching the Chang Sing. And they are just kind of like they jump out of the way and one of them jumps directly over the truck. And Jack runs over drag queen form of Lopan, <laughs> which is the 12 foot version and all those like beautiful gowns and stuff like that. And he is just working that. But um, as he does that, he gets out of the truck and he looks and he sees that he didn't run over Lopan. He just drove through him and Lopan tries to take control of him. And uh, Jack gets like blinded by looking with in his, his eyes. 
light eyes. Yeah, with his beautiful, Which, with his shit. To light me, eyes. if I if I just hit a guy and all that shit's been going on, I'm not stopping. Oh, you're <laughs> gonna commit a vehicular. I'm you're, out. You're, you're you're comfortable enough committing a vehicular manslaughter. I will in that take situation. that character flaw. I don't know. I be my problem I mean, would be is I would assume it would have been a drag queen, and I'm like I can't leave it oh, at the no. side of the road. The cops are gonna come down there to actually charge him with a hit and run in that neighborhood. I mean, probably not. There, there's like a. I mean, everyone doesn't even know it exists. It's magical and secret. So they'd be like, "What the hell are you told so her saying, about?" I'm out. Yeah, but so then they do a really nice, uh, long tracking shot where they run around uh, in a circle, essentially from the truck. Where then it's just like, "What the hell is going on?" Like, "Oh my god, all this crap!" But then the Lords of Death show up. And they're like, hey, Wang Chi, uh, you've been looking for us? And then they have to just kind of, Jack and Wang just kind of have to make this I escape. like that Jack also goes, they know your name. It's not probably not good. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Yeah. It's not a good thing. <laughs> and in this circle, what I think is cool is when they leave the truck, the uh, three storms have not engaged the Chang Sing yet. And then when they are running back and Jack finally seals that his truck is stolen and they have to kind of beat feet to get out of there, the Chang Sing have been wiped out by the three yeah. storms. And it's only like 10 seconds that it's just... Uh, yeah, there's just, just bodies all over there. Yeah, exactly. And then they're just kind of running and they they just escape. And then we're back at Wang's restaurant, which is the Dragon of the Black Pool. Um, Jack is hilariously on the phone being a male Karen with the phone insurance company. <laughs> It's just such good stuff. And then, yeah, we just kind of get like a little bit of the lowdown on Lopan in this church, uh, this curse rather. And we meet uh, Eddie, the Mater D. And it just kind of turns out that Meow Yin was just a victim of circumstance. Like she just got picked up randomly because they were actually targeting somebody Gracie Law went after. And then much like in a Western, everybody just shows up at this restaurant and is suddenly like, oh, yeah, we got to come up with a plan to save the day because Gracie shows up and she apologizes for causing the whole It's me, Gracie Law, as Pat pointed out earlier. Yes. Yeah, no, don't worry, everybody. It's just me, Gracie Law. There's a few moments like that that are so good. You mean Lopan, the uh, old recluse has been hidden away forever? (laughs) Yeah. He owns everything. What's Gracie Law doing here? Yeah. And Gracie shows up and says that she's got a good... Out of, uh, got it on good authority that Meow Yin has been sold into sex slavery at the White Tiger, which is a jeez. Oh, and uh, once again, not here. I can, not here, not in this brothel. I just keep on thinking about it because Jackie Chan in Rumble in the Bronx confronts this one guy and he's like, "Do you know somebody named the White Tiger?" And he's like, "I don't know any White Tiger." And then he just starts looking around. And like it's like <laughs> one of the worst. It's so good. That, I don't. That, I don't know any White Tiger. That one's on there. So they have to come up with a plan to you know bust Meow Yin out of there. I mean, fucking Wang has got to get married. Jeff or uh, not Jeff. Jeff needs his truck back, but I don't think it's the Pork Chop Express. I think it's the El Jefe food truck. No, that's Chef. Not Jeff. <laughs> yes, Chef. That's yes, Chef. What? So they come up with their scheme, and this <laughs> there was a lot more spoken there than I their expected. scheme. Their scheme. <laughs> Robot doll is back. <laughs> they come up with their scheme. And that is to send in Jack, disguised cleverly as himself, um, to with buy, glasses to, on. to buy Meow Yin back from the White Tiger. Um, and that's when we also meet uh, Gracie's friend Margot, um, who is a reporter who also 
basically just like exists to do exposition. Yeah. Like she's just like, this is my big break. Oh my God. And uh, Gracie Law has the fantastic line where she says, don't worry, we've got one of our best men in uh, working on the inside, stirring the pot. And then it just cuts to Kurt Russell just sitting on his ass doing nothing. <laughs> Wearing a suit and some really thick glasses. It's just so it's so funny. All greased out. And, and um, you know, flat. we we were we were making fun of Kip Cattrall a little bit earlier. But like she actually is a really good comedic actress, and that's kind of how she got it got her start. I mean, that that would make sense. I mean, look at look at her next film. Mannequin. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, is that starring <laughs> Kim Cattrall as an Egyptian, an Egyptian princess. princess who's an old white woman? Yes. Oh, man. Perfect. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like it's controversial in any at way. At least it's not Xanadu. That's like, how I look oh, at it. How dare, how Xanadare you? <laughs> Xanadu, more like Xanadon't. Oh, that's so much better. I lost. <laughs> I definitely lost that one. But so, yeah, he shows up with the glasses and is just kind of even a bigger version of a dork of himself. And he's like, I want to buy a lady <laughs> with green eyes, please. <laughs> it's me, Ray Romano. <laughs> I need to get a hooker. <laughs> but, um, Deborah. 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 And, um, <laughs> And so yeah, it's just like but the but then of course the scheme gets interrupted by the three storms who kidnap Yao Ying from the kidnappers. Damn storms. I know, being a real nacho. And they <laughs> and they and they take her and they take her away. And it's just like then at this point Jack is just like, All right, somebody just sit down. <laughs> and can somebody please just explain what in God's name is happening right now? Just please, somebody. And they just kind of say it's these old Chinese legends that Lopan is trying to break this curse. And the way that he has to break this curse is by marrying a mortal Chinese girl with green eyes and then like some blood magic ceremony, whatever. They only had so much time. Like they were given so little time because of Eddie Murphy being like, I'm going to make one. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be in one too. <laughs> and it's just like, that's what I was saying was one of my favorite caddy lines from this was John Carpenter. When he was commenting on hearing about the golden child, he's like, so there has never ever been a movie that, that like does this like Western style influence with Chinese mysticism. And then two of them come out in the same year. Like, yeah, that's more than coincidence, buddy. Like that's some, that's bull crap. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go work on a movie about an asteroid called, Oh no, a movie came out called meteoroid, <laughs> but <laughs> the movie is called asteroids based on called, the game. It asteroids. Is, it is called It is called asteroids. But the the three storms taking Meow Yin can only mean one fucking thing. They took her to David Lopin. Right. The mysterious that billionaire. That would make who's the so most reclusive sense. that nobody's ever seen it. <laughs> In ten years. In ten years. Crazy stuff. No, it this scene is just so funny and it's so hard not to just like get a chuckle at because I've said it a bunch of times. It's like with Carpenter, he has this like weird spot on sense of humor and he just has this like creativity and like just like funny way of looking at things so like to go uh, you know there's just like choices that he makes like in in various movies that i just realized that i couldn't spoil because i forgot that urso hasn't seen many of them i mean i know like the basic plot shut up we're not gonna ruin them for you we're not we're not going there but but yeah it's (laughs) just like 
it's just these things to just make it uh, very, very humorous. Um, and in this, uh, in this one, they just decide that they're going to go, uh, they're going to go compound storming. You know, they're going to go to what is called the Wing Kong Trading Company, which is the uh, deadliest den of like cutthroats and crazy people and stuff like that, um, because that is where Miao Yin is likely being held. Well, and I love their their way to get in. They just were like, well, we're just going to act like we're phone phone sale or phone repairmen. Yeah, and just like, just. Don't even stop. Hey, where's your, uh, where's your, uh, your box? Uh, yeah, last time he was down there with the conjunction area. Yeah, and before they walk in, Jack says, All right, Wayne, this is going to take Cracker Jack time. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, they just kind of. They're just yelling at each other yeah. as they walk in. Where's the box? I don't know where the box is. You guys know where the box is? All right, we're going to go look for the box. Yeah, and it just fits in with that spirit of these people aren't like these like break in expert action heroes. They're just like really just like, Yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm in with whatever the fuck is going on. I'm bored. I got to do shit. And so, yeah, back at home, we find, like Egg Shen is like sitting there as they're kind of like, you know, because of course, Gracie, Margo, Eddie, Uncle Wong, and then Egg Shen are kind of like left behind to like guard, to, to guard the fires, I believe is what he says. <laughs> Call the president. It's a, it's yeah. such good shit. But they're just kind of talking about like uh, Chinese mysticism, and and Jack and Wang think that they've gotten through, but they just end up in the elevator sea trap. It's <laughs> not a trap. it's not a John Carpenter movie unless there's like an upside down like creepy corpse being like. But then they get captured by Rain, who shows up, and he's like, they were in the den of the upside down. Forgotten souls, the forsaken souls, or was it that the, the, sinners? the sinners? Yeah, it was yeah. good stuff. And then they get tortured um, yeah. because you know, why well, not? is that yeah. rain that's shooting the ball into the dude's stomach? Yeah, he's yeah. going. He's going a really weird, like Pennywise themed form of torture <laughs> instead of just chopping him to pieces and just like killing them because it seems like it would have just been over at that point. But they get. Uh, that's when I believe that they get. They they get wheeled in to meet Lopan, and uh, <laughs> the fuck, <laughs> and he's a uh, he's super old. Yep. he's in he's in the wheelchair and he's like, what? <laughs> and he needs to appease a demon with a girl with green eyes to become human again and have his curse lifted, right? But then uh, it's just like the great back and forth, and Jack has that line where he's like, "Oh yeah," and then you can uh, rule the world from the uh, other underworld with the legions of the undead. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> that part really gets me. Uh, the but one then, uh, the really pisses me offline gets yeah, me. Yeah, and then I'll just also the what can it mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so well done. Yeah, I know James Hong is so good, but the reason he gets pissed off to no end is because he sees Gracie, Eddie, and Margot crash and like try and like bust in on the secret mission, putting everybody's life in danger. <laughs> like literally just needlessly risking everybody's life for no reason. Yeah. Uh, you need to stay behind to watch everyone's back. And now so you can inform the police. Yeah, yeah. No, you're all dead. You're all dead <laughs> because they get all rounded up. Um, and, and, uh, Wang and Jack get brought into like a little prison cell or whatever it is. And then they just like are like sitting there waiting. Jack escapes cause they're in a wheelchair. He escapes very easily. He knocks himself over. Yeah. He just knocks yeah. himself over, cuts himself out. 
is talking shit and it's still just stuff where it's just like, you know, this is like one of those stories where it's like, okay, the childhood legend is actually real and it just exists in this realm and now you have to deal with it is kind of the idea. And I think that's also why it's such a good choice to have uh, Jack be such a bumbling oaf because then it's this thing where it's like he doesn't have the tools in his life to deal with this. When would you ever be yeah. prepared to deal with this just normal? <laughs> you have to have a certain set of skills, Liam Neeson style, to be able to like just like glide into this and be like, oh, yeah, you got kidnapped by an ancient Chinese, Chinese wizard ghost who's got all these demon monsters and super warriors. Ugh, man. It's the third time this happened this week. We really got to close that portal. <laughs> it's just like, it's very, 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 very fucking funny to me. And then they, uh, yeah, the, the B squad gets gassed. Um, they, they get gassed pretty quick because, and it's a good bit because he taunts them with what they're getting poisoned with. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, after the restrictions got lifted. You get a lot of weird stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's also weird, but like it like slowly zooms out, and he's wearing like a full strap on. <laughs> but then, but then, as they're going in, like they're weighing their options. Jack and Wang are weighing their options for escape, but they get interrupted as Thunder brings in Eddie to hang him on a hook. And Jack jumps out of it, goes, "If you make one move," and Thunder makes one move and immediately just, just shoves Jack into a wall. <laughs> Throws him like, like ten feet. <laughs> and then he's doing like what a, he's doing a uh, 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 Stone Cold Stunner style or whatever it's called, <laughs> like Undertaker style. Oh, the choke, choke slam. And then uh, Kurt Russell gets a part two. He's like, "All right, like let's try this again." He's holding the knife to his throat, and that's when they do one of my favorite bits of physical comedy in a movie, which is when Kurt Russell gets blown off of thunder and lands in the wheelchair and goes straight down the hall and is just like, ah. <laughs> well, and he and keeps he trying to like grab the walls. Yes, he doesn't <laughs> he know what to him. do. I would be panicking so hard if I had to do that. And then he hits the two guys who get faulted very hard. He oh, must have yeah. been going 200 miles per hour. Well, I mean, it was like a 45 degree angle that that... Yeah. Incline was that they pushed him up. Yeah, but it's just uh, it just really. It reminds me of the uh, the scene in Manhunter too, where the the flaming wheelchair comes downhill. It's about the same speed. Oh yeah, God, flying downhill. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like the reverse the the fun goofy version of Michael Mann's Manhunter (laughs) is this one for sure. Wait, is I, that uh, Brian Cox's uh, Hannibal? Yeah, that's yes. Brian Cox's There we go. Yes, it's it very good. Very underrated. Very underappreciated. It is very underrated. Jack Burton does not get, he does not get the fucking Red Dragon <laughs> Manhunter treatment. He gets the John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China treatment because he catches himself and, like, wheels himself away before the chair falls into a hole. And then uh, you it's know, like a it's like the like car on a ledge bit too, which is was making me chuckle because he's like, oh, 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 <laughs> jumps off, yes. and then the wheelchair just goes. <laughs> it's great, stuff. and then explodes. But then it turns out that they got guns, and Eddie knows where they took the girls, and the girls are locked up with a bunch of other women who are Ooh. being held 
have captive by like ninja the 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 ninja ladies wing of the wing kong it's very bizarre and like margo is doing like notes they're letting her do notes but then they put laura in the fucking or not laura they put laura they put gracie law in the laura cell where she's all tied up and it's like it's like they have her hog tied it's pretty excessive because i'm sure she was just like uh excuse me and then somebody just was like too much well when somebody puts up a fight yeah, I know, I guess, but I wait a second. Did you just imply that she was asking for it? No. Okay, okay. No. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Just but they, saying, if she went with the flow, yes. I mean, instead of fought them, they wouldn't have had to hog tie. But clearly, the profile on her, she was not going to keep quiet. We should take a hard veer away from this <laughs> as quickly as we can. No, but I did like the like oh, the other boy. thing that I find great is when they have them attack them. And they fire the smoke at the pole out of these like sticks that they have. Like, where is that smoke coming from when they start to attack him? Do you believe in magic? <laughs> that's re- oh, that's a real question. Start. It's just weird that they had the smoking poles rather than be smoking poles. That was a bad <laughs> joke. <laughs> I I hope. What? That. What just <laughs> Why? Anyway, good. <laughs> God, you better apologize to your wife tonight. Not even explain what for. Just be like, sorry in general. <laughs> Good God. You just, it's just like you take it to a level that's so inappropriate and just makes fun of people for being different and all this different stuff. And just like mostly just based on appearance and stuff. It's bad. But anyway, Lopan takes his ultimate drag queen form. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he's gliding through walls just being like, hey, kitty girl, it's my world. I am low open, put a bunch of coke in my fingernails. It's it's just that, that for me is something I was explaining about the two hot mermaid in the new Little Mermaid movie. There's just oh, always something for me where I could suspend so much disbelief, and then there's always just one thing where that I'm just pulls like, you back. I'm just like that's one toke over the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's just this weird and thing where I could hell. I could literally get past every single thing in this movie but i cannot look at him without just just like in my eyes just like look at me what's that chair song again i'm totally blanking on it fucking turn back time fuck no do you believe in life after there it is okay you believe in love love. yeah but just put any sort of jeff can you auto-tune me I can uh, no, we're not yes, I can, but I'm not going to. Yeah, and we're not, gonna, and we're not going to take the time to find out. <laughs> oh. But he's walking through walls, and he's kind of just creeping on an unconscious Meow Yin. He's like, baby, maybe we can spend a little time together now that we're alone. No, no, it's not like no that emo. No, he's no, that wasn't emo. <laughs> okay. That was Jamiroquai. I made a okay. conscious choice to say I was like, I can't do your. I mean, can't Jamiroquai do e- is acceptable. Yeah, no, I was like, I can't do. I can't do emo when I'm when I make the two references to the love scenes in this movie. I can't do emo, so I gotta stick with Jamiroquai. And so anyway, he he's like just kind of like, oh, I can't wait to be human. And then uh, again, th- like Wang and Jack and Eddie are making their escape. And that's when Jack shoots the guy 
on accident. Ugh. Wang, def- they definitely do kind of ask us to believe that Wang didn't get shot because he did a cartwheel like over, over the, the bullet, bullet or maybe yeah. the bookshot went in like cartwheel formation. Like who knows what that was, but he would definitely be dead. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, so Wang's dead. No, I'm just kidding. But he, uh, they fight, they're fighting and it's just more of this stuff. And that's when they come across Gracie, Margot, and the bunch of just like random women who are in sex jail, but not a fun one. And that's when we get, as already described, catwalk fight, my favorite type of fight and everything, because one person always gets kicked over the side and is like, in Protector, actually, one of my favorite aspects of that movie was people would fall off of roofs a lot in that movie. I feel like that's just something that should be in Western movies. Right, right, right. absolutely. But the director would make a choice where it would be a slow motion shot of the person falling, and they would scream literally the whole time of this very long shot. So it would just be like, And then it cut to the next shot. And it was just very bizarre. <laughs> so that's a, that's what I was thinking about. But yeah, oh! yeah they do. <laughs> oh! It is so bad. The protector is, is, is something else. The director even has a really funny name, but I can't remember. But anyway, we got to keep on going with this. But that's when uh, Jack has that beautiful moment where they're like, Jack, how are you going to spring us? And he's like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this like brutal... Brutally funny honesty makes me so happy. And then they, uh, you know, they escape and they get past the wing Kong and they make it, they make their way through the underwater uh, tunnel. They do that bit where it's like Jack emerges last and they're like, where's Jack? And he's like, all right, everyone relax. I'm okay. (laughs) And it's like, he's done. And he sneaks the kiss on Kim Cattrall too. Yeah. He kisses her and says, I'm happy. Just thrilled to be alive. (laughs) And then he's like, all right, from here on, it gets pretty easy. We're just running straight out of here. We're going from there. We're going to go. And then he opens the door, and the Wang, the Wang Kong are just waiting on the other side, and he shuts it right away, and he goes, we might be trapped. And we had <laughs> talked about this briefly. That's something else that Carpenter really liked to do, much like the escape sequence at the beginning of mm-hmm. the film when, the, when they first like get, get into the fucking craziness, is that he loves to do stuff with doors, where it's like you expect, because for most of the movie, anytime somebody opens a door... There's nobody behind it, but then at one point is when there will be somebody behind it to be like, boo. And in this case, it's hilarious because Kurt Russell sighs and is like, we may be trapped. (laughs) (laughs) Hide. Yeah, hide. And then once again. They only saw me. Yeah. And then Wang kicks everybody's ass while, while Kurt Russell shoots like two guys. And then it's just like, ugh. Like whatever. the gun jams, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. And then he and then he fumbles with the knife, but it's already too late. And they're about to make their way out, but then Gracie gets kidnapped by that random monster that never once get explained. We're nope. gonna meet the eye monster in a second. That gets explained. What the hell is up with that thing? <laughs> Hey, man. Why is that just coming into play uh, now? Well, they were trying to make a Chewbacca, and they screwed up in the process. They screwed up big time. <laughs> if, if that, that, is a, that is a scary monster. <laughs> but it's also so random. It is. And it's just like, it just looks like red pubes, man. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, 
Like, like, why did they rush that part? And why didn't they just do something? Why, why, why was he like? I need that monster. I like, don't know because it was obviously a man with a rubber suit on, a rubber face mask on. Yeah, but yeah. he was walking in a way that seemed like it wasn't ready. It, it, it seemed <laughs> like he was walking in a way where like, he had to be squatting. It's got like a weird platypus like style, like mouth to it too. It's yeah. it's really it's, odd. It's it was like Quasimodo. Yeah, but Quasimodopus. It, does, it, it does a good job of kidnapping Gracie Law, though. Oh, I yeah, mean, very I guess good it, job. I guess it, it it fills out its purpose, but then Lopan is then very happy because now he's got Gracie uh, captive. Whoa. And it's like uh, she's got green eyes, too, so. <laughs> what does it mean? It means double your pleasure, double your fun. It's a statement of the great men. Double men gum. Yeah, baby. That's what I mean. Like it is a double mint commercial, but like directed by just like 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 a like a gay Chinese guy who <laughs> sells you the times? best acid you've ever had in your life. <laughs> Too many times I'd be asked if I'd been in a double mint commercial growing up. Jeff, can you confirm or deny that? A lot. Okay. I was kind of hoping that Jeff was going to deny the report. (laughs) So there is a conflict of interest and stuff like that. But dad would always say it too. So, yeah, that's true. Didn't help. Didn't help. Didn't help. You guys are twins. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why did that just. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's continue on the fun portion of the show. Best to leave things unsaid. I've said too much. But anyway, so they all escape, and Jag is like, oh, we did it. We did it. But then it's like, wait, no, we didn't, because Meow Yin is captured, and now they lost Gracie, and (laughs) and they have to go back. And back at the time, it's just like, you know, Jack's tired of it. I bet I'm sure Wang is tired of it too. So it's time for the fucking the the raid time Jack Burton style to start because he's literally just planning on just charging the compound again yeah. <laughs> with Wang. But this time Ed Ed uh, Ed Shen comes along, and he comes with the remainder remainder of the uh, Chang Sing, right? Yeah, and that's when the wonderful. It's like, hey guys, uh, what he says it in such a funny way though. What does he say? Where he's like. Uh, uh, any you guys, sa- be, any guys, yeah, yeah, savvy English. Like any of you guys, savvy English. Hey, man, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> it's just so good because it's exactly the thing where it's like you're not actually the leader here. Yeah, you're exactly. just, we just love you because you're a lot of fun. Like you're just an idiot. And then yeah, that's what Ed is like. Like he's like, you guys have guns, and Ed Chen goes, no, not against Lopan, but you can have this one. Make you feel good. Make you feel like Dirty Harry because <laughs> it's one of those big ass. Uh, Revolvers or whatever. It's like bigger than Egg Shen. Egg Shen. But yeah, then they're just like, we're going to go, we're going to go crash this wedding. We're going to be wedding thrashers. And um, Lopan just kind of gets Gracie under mind control. And then uh, Egg Shen takes everyone to his alchemy garage, is what I'll call it. It's very fast and the furious, but for like magic potions and elixirs (laughs) and stuff. It's really bizarre but he just gets a bunch of magic magic stuff and the burton raid party slides down a fire pole into the magical underground kingdom which is just always fun it's one of my favorite parts at least it wasn't one of those videos of like a drunk person like getting a little bit too cavalier and just like breaking a bunch of glass and windows at a party because there's (laughs) a stripper pole hanging up you know what i mean (laughs) that would have made for a funnier ending but yeah no they're good but then so then 
we still like they say what it is. They say it's the test of the burning blade and the taming of the savage heart. But basically, the 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 three storms are just doing a lip sync for their life for low pan. Yeah, it's the same yeah. concept because Thunder just does that thing where he's going sit 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 <laughs> sit 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 sit. For they, at least 45 minutes. Yeah, man. And they were <laughs> just, just like, like, they were that. just like behind the scenes, they were like, we really appreciate his uh, commitment to character, but we have wasted literally about, uh, we'll say about $10,000 on film today, so <laughs> we got to wrap this up. <laughs> sit, 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 sit. Yeah, man, it's taking you like three hours to travel 30 feet. Can you make this any faster? Yeah, but they just passed the test without there being any drama. Right. They're trying to have a, 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 what's it called? A Yam, a Yam, Yam Gabar. Oh, I'm totally blanking. Yam Kapoor. Oh, no. No. I, yeah. From Doom. Gam, Gam Jabar. Gam, Gam Jabar. All right. We'll just cut it. But they're just doing <laughs> this. Gam Jabar. I think it is Gam Jabar. It is Gam Jabar. Yeah, it's a Gam Jabar. Gam Jabber. It's, it's Gam Jabber. And so they they pass the test. It's good stuff. But then this part is just kind of cut with the progress of the uh, Burton Raid party as they're getting closer and closer to Meow the 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 wedding essentially and um at this point um is when the monster comes out and eats that guy oh dude it's so funny so funny pops out of the wall there's the water there's the water bubbling to the right of them and they're they're like like, sounds like something what's what's about to come up from the water and it comes out from the wall (laughs) and it eats a guy and egg shen throws some magic explosion at it and he goes it will return no more What? What will return no yeah, more? It's just, it's just so true. What I kept on saying to the guys was just like really put yourself in the shoes of like 24 hours ago. I was just playing some random game that I was winning. Like and now, and now I'm, I'm deep in the bowels of Chinatown. And I'm running back in for a third time. Yes. <laughs> I'm going even yeah. deeper this time. I, t- it, it was, I was playing Pai Gao just a little while ago and now I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. But so the the bad guys are basically they they get to the Wing Kong storeroom after their journey through the dangerous underwater tunnels. But the place is empty, always a bad sign. But the reason why they're able to get in with no resistance is because everyone is getting ready for Lopan's wedding, in which he's going to break this curse. There's more bad news, which is that he is going to uh, be able to sacrifice one of his kings or one of his queens because he's going to marry both of them, uh, both Gracie and Miao Yin. And uh, he says, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, he's going to sacrifice Gracie, basically, to appease the emperor for the part of the curse because whatever. And then he's going to keep Miao Yin. And they're both just like, okay, well, now we really need to bust this through because we can't we can't let sex in the city not happen well with all the drag races going on they probably were missed they were kings yeah exactly so yeah yeah no they they just didn't really have uh, you know it just always sucks because the snatch game just always reveals who's really there to win (laughs) but um so yeah they they just kind of are going in and they find the um the weird eye monster shows up that part's kind of weird yeah kind of looks like slimer like he looks, was saying. Yeah, he looks like John Lithgow fuck Slimer. Um, <laughs> John Lithgow would never. Well, it kind of reminds me like, of like. Here to you, below me. I always remember the video game Dune, and it had like this weird blob thing with a big eyeball that would come and attack you, and mm-hmm. that's what it reminds me you of. You have to that. shoot it in the eye to get it away yeah. from you. Are you also suggesting that this inspired that? I could have. I don't know. 
But it does seem Mortal very Kombat similar. did come out in 1992. Yes. So f- years after this. Yes. No, so I'm true. saying there's possible. I have controversial opinions as well. <laughs> Devo is punk. Um, <laughs> 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 we'll talk about it on a different show. But the the so the, the it's too easy for them to get in. But basically, it's just, again, Lopan doesn't care. So that's when they all just, uh, they find the elevator going down. Great. Another great part. Even Hollow. Further. Yep. Fuck it. And then he just opens it. And that's when they drink Ed, uh, Ed Shen's secret stuff. And yeah. Superpowers. The secret stuff. sauce. Mm-hmm. And, like, they never explain what it is, but just. Yeah, you just get superpowers. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, just, like it's just that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. You just, yeah. Hey, man, you need a liquid death. You can just see clear. <laughs> you need an armless Palmer? You can jump higher. Yeah, you can jump higher with all that stuff. That's what they want you to know, is you can definitely break Lopan's wedding up. But, uh, yeah, and then they are just, like, feeling good to go. It's pretty humorous on the way down. And then we get to um, what I'm going to go ahead and call MT per- uh, MTV Presents Lopan and Miao Yin and Gracie Law's Unholy Union Special. That's the power of love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. That is the power of love is for Lopan to break the curse. Fucking, dude, it's going to be a star-studded. Ryan Seacrest isn't going to be there. Seacrest I just want to check out. Attendance. But I just want to go to that mall that they filmed that at. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, Jessica Simpson, I've heard, is not going to be there. <laughs> but you know who will be there? Carson Daly will not be there. Oh, man, that's a bummer. You know who is not going to be there? Tiffany. But anyway. <laughs> Are they going to do Total or Call Lives? Carson Daly's not going to be there. No, he's not going to be there. They might not do it. No, they got a new guy (laughs) named Darson Weekly. Totally (laughs) recalled. (laughs) Totally recalled. (laughs) I heard that the musical guest is not going to be Fish. (laughs) But yeah, so this this is kind of the climax of the film. And and this is, again, this is the very... I had never seen so so actually very similar to uh, to all that jazz. I had never seen anything but the very end of the movie. Yeah, and I was so captivated in in, in terms of this one, but mostly again because it was a movie by my favorite director that I had just never heard of at that point. Mm-hmm. This part is just the best. This is one of his capstone moments. Like this scene is just such a great. Um, display of being able to kind of like deal with a lot of bullshit and budgeting and and scheduling conflicts and all this different stuff and really deliver a fantastic and funny and like clever way to sort of work around maybe having to pay somebody for being in a scene like maybe having Kurt Russell shoot a gun in the air and just knock himself out so he might not have to be on set for a couple days, like extra and stuff like that. Or maybe just like kind of like little stuff like that. But it's just such a good final showdown between good and evil. Again, it's more of an evil, pl- er, an even playing field because the, um, the Chang Shing and the Wing Kong are all there. They're all going to go at it. And uh, yeah, Lo- so like I kind of just like wrote it down basically in order, but Lopan becomes flesh first. He stabs her with a needle and he's like, I'm going to poke you. This is pretty. <laughs> Give me that blood. This is pretty obvious innuendo. And then he starts bleeding and he's like, it's working. Yes. And it's like, you can't shoot him until he becomes flesh. They can't kill him to, you know, till he becomes immortal. Yeah. Basically. But yeah. then. And- 
stupid eye machine thing. Yeah. Yeah. The eye monster sees him, so Wang kills that thing. Savers. And then they do yeah. <laughs> and then they do the like, yeah. And then Jack shoots a huge chunk of concrete out. And it hits him in the head and knocks himself out. It pisses Gracie off, so strike two in that in that moment. But yeah, then everybody's just kind of fighting. Like Egg Shen is like a total badass. He's blowing everybody up. He's got a lot of blood on his hands at the end of the night. Like really I know does. it's for good, but it does have to it does have to be said that way. If you were the Wing Kong, Ed Egg Shen is the boogeyman. Like he's oh, the yeah. worst thing that ever <laughs> oh, happened God, to you. Yeah. Baba Yaga. No, and he'd be he'd be like like somebody in the Wing Kong would be like, I know what we can call him. We can call him a graboid. We can call him a graboid. But um, so so yeah. and it's again we we talked about it. So so Wang squares up with Rain, and they have the kind of like you know one of the I feel like maybe one of the first times they've done a sort of like string style kung fu fight where people are like flying through the air and like stabbing at one another and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's very dope. Very, very well coordinated. And Jack fucking, he wakes up, but then he kills a knight. But he kills the knight in a way where the knight, like, like he can't get the knight <laughs> off of the him. So he's top. just stuck like a fucking good, which is just so good. And then Egg Shen and uh, Lopan have the magic fight. Yeah, the, the magic fight that looks like them doing, like, an old video game against it looks each like other. Tekken. It looks yeah. like Tekken. And, 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 yeah, no, and Lopan probably cheated. He yeah. probably put in a cheat code He was something. definitely doing this with his little uh, coke nails. Yeah, he, he, was, yeah. he was trying to hide as much coke in his hands as he knew his escape <laughs> was needed and imminent but so yeah and then uh wang kills rain like he's coming at him and rain is like diving at him in the sky and is like "Ah!" and uh wang throws his sword at him and it gets him it's awesome the Um, noise he makes is great and then uh lopan escapes with meow yin and is like uh you know he's like "Uh, you're mine now and then uh jack jack and crazy uh they get back together but the monster attacks Jack, and it's like I have no purpose. But uh, Gracie <laughs> kicks just it. Slow you down. You know what she did? She kicked him yeah, in, the, in penis. the penis. She kicks the monster <laughs> in the penis. dick, which always is just like, how do you know it has a penis? Yeah, like, exactly. how do you know there's something down there? But then uh, Jack and Gracie are on the elevator alone, and he's like, uh, "Baby, maybe we can spend a little time together now." It was me this time. It was you this time. I'm proud of you. We just just crossed a threshold in our relationship. And the viewers viewers get to hear it and get annoyed with it, too. But then they kiss in the elevator, and she's like, is this real? And it's like, yeah, you dumbass, it's definitely real. Well, and have you been paying attention to Egg Shen? Magic is real. The best part is that is the cherry on top, because then he comes out and fights the last scene with the lipstick all over his lips and oh looking God, like a fool it's so it's perfect such a good it's just <laughs> such a good bit like to kind of continue on that uh that sort of trend and so yeah no it's the final showdown time um and then it's like you know a, a like uh weighing is off doing whatever and as Jeff said, Jack has just got like lipstick smeared down his face, like he's been eating red vines all day. And uh, like he he sees like Lopan being like, "Oh, I'll still kill her," and I'll, like I've got to sacrifice you. My bad, sorry. Like I've got to do it. 
And then Jack Burton interrupts, and uh, Thunder tries to fight him, but then gets distracted by Wang, and Wang runs away, and it's kind of like a funny back and forth where Jack tries to throw the knife at Lopan, but misses, and it goes, boing, and then Lopan picks up the knife and goes, oh, it's a nice knife. Goodbye, Mr. Burton, and he throws it. And then Jack catches it because it's all in the reflexes, throws it back, and gets low pan right in the Right in the dome. Slay is what they said, but they didn't mean it that way. They didn't mean kill the drag queen. But it was... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. That was the word. No, that was one of the meanest reads I've ever seen in real life. He killed that drag queen. (laughs) Yeah. Rumor has it that Ron DeSantis has been trying to get a hold of Jack Burton for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you go woke, you go broke. He's looking, looking for a running mate. No, yeah, something like that. But no, so Lopan is dead. Assassin. You got to be mortal for like, probably like in the in the movie universe, like 45 minutes. That's an okay run. Yeah. I, at that point, I'd probably be asking for death too. Like, I, I wouldn't want life. I would feel like it's probably I'm time so to die. Old, just kill me. Just shoot me. <laughs> Give me cancer now, God. <laughs> but then, uh, so as they're like making the escape, Thunder sees that Lopan is dead, and he just ex- he explodes himself. He does. He, he gets put- so mad he blows up like a balloon. Yeah, he, 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 he in his trauma he explodes, and it's just very bizarre, and it looks a little bit strange. But I also I was telling the guys earlier I ate myself some uh, stuffed shell bolognese, and I felt like that when I was driving in my car on the way over here. Oxygen destroyer thoughts. But then, um, yeah, they, they, like, let's see here. And then lightning shows up and does, like, a lightning show, but we've already kind of seen the lightning show, so it does kind of seem like, okay, we we really do need to just add, like, 30 more seconds. Can we just get, like, 30 more seconds? It is the cool shot of the iron grate melting down behind him, though. And they uh, jump up and they get out of the hole, and that's when... (laughs) Egg Shen is above them even higher on a different level. And it's like, how'd you get up there? And he goes, it wasn't easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good, like, there's so many, like, that that line is such a classy line. Well, it reminds me of that thing where uh, in Indiana Jones, um, who uh, also was, uh, the special effects was done by Big Boss, or whatever it was called, Big Big Boss Film Studios. But uh, that part in Indiana Jones when the guy... and he were supposed to have this big choreographed fight scene and he just shoots him. And yeah. it's just like such a perfect moment that it's like, God, it really sucks that we have to cut that out. But that was brilliant and perfect. And it's something just kind of like a similar sort of like vein where it's just like they could show Egg Shen get up there and they can take the time to explain. But instead, they just make a joke out of it that makes fun of them. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't easy. Like, it's just a great <laughs> response. And then he kills Lightning. But he uh, he gets the thing dropped on yeah, his head. Yeah, he just rolls a cement block out the, the yeah. hole. Yeah, and it just crushes him. So he just kind of dies in a normal way. The other yeah. two died in a magic way. He just got crushed to death. So <laughs> lightning was never that impressive. He also got blocked by uh, Egg Shen pulling out that weird fan that was made of, oh, like, yeah. Reynolds wrap. Yeah. He was like, that wasn't even magic. He just st- <laughs> he stole that from the Aldi. He just got that there and was just like, oh, look, these these <laughs> these these she shell shaped 
he just bar trays. folded up <laughs> he just folded up one of those aluminum foil trays and was yeah. like, Oh, look at my fat look at now. This. Look at this magic. And I know. And Reynolds rap was like, Well, season to season. <laughs> but they find Jack's Leave truck. Roasting pans alone. Yeah. Then then they find the pork chop express. Yay! Yay. They find Huzzah. The they all pile in. They do a, a, a let's be honest, a pretty needless joke about the keys being like under the mat. <laughs> Where it's just like, all right, why was that there? Yeah. Because then there was the part where he pulls out of the garage and he stalls the truck. He's like, do you know how to drive this thing? And he just goes, he's like, shut up. It's like one <laughs> of the only times he gets a man. But it's just like they escape. They make it out. Meow Yin has been rescued. Gracie Law has been rescued. Ooh. Lopan and the evil uh, Wing Kong are dead. All the magic shit is dead, and it just kind of wraps up, and it's, like, nice at the restaurant because, like, then it's, like, you know, uh, uh, Wang Chi doesn't pay Jack nothing or double. He pays him nothing or triple, which is still only $3,000, which still seems pretty light considering what the fuck you just put Jack through. But it was 1986. It was 1986, so that was probably enough to pay rent for four and a half years. And, yeah, um, <laughs> But so... But so, and then it's just kind of like this moment where like Ed Shen is like, oh, my time, you know, my, I served my purpose. He's gone. Like Lopan is dead. All the evil, everything's returned to normal. Like it's time for me to go. But then uh, Kurt Russell's like, why don't you go back to the motherland? Right, Jeff? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and he's like, he's like, why don't you go back to the motherland? And then uh, Ed Shen said, He's like, oh, China's always with me. Wherever I go, China is with me. And when we saw that at the music box, some guy in the theater very earnestly went, oh, like <laughs> it always makes me laugh. That's why I even included it in the outline. <laughs> uh, Margo and Eddie <laughs> fall in love. Who cares? Like she's like, I'm gonna, I want you to have sex with me. I just broke up with my boyfriend, Bob Vance. He might inherit Bob Vance refrigeration because she's Phyllis. No, she's not. <laughs> But then Jack Burton pulls a total OG move and is like not kissing Gracie goodbye, which is crazy because she is she's 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 about to get magically transported into a department store window in New York. Yeah, she's about to be a Uh mannequin. Beloved follow up to John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China is the movie (laughs) Mannequin. It's the movie Mannequin. But yeah, so then just like any good, just like any good, any good Lone Plains drifter, Jack Burton rolls out of town. He he shares a nice final moment with Wang and is like, yeah, yeah, we really shook the pillars of heaven and earth, did we? And then uh, he's on the road and he's still doing his thing and he's talking his shit. And that's when that fucking monster just shows up. It, it's in his truck. Surprise. It's like, surprise, it's me. <laughs> the monster that doesn't get the disgust. So he might have gotten killed by it because it's kind of an ambiguous ending. I mean, but part of me thinks it was setting it up for a sequel. It could have been. But yeah. it also yeah. feels like there was no th- way that thing was going to be effective at doing anything yeah. to the point where I'm sure it stood up and was like, I'm going to kill him and immediately fell off the truck I and got run over by a I truck I want to see the, the film way. in which they become buddies. Yeah, it's a oh, buddy, like, like, it's a buddy it's cop. like yeah. Burton and like Turner Burton and, and the monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just, just solving all these mysteries. But that's how the movie ends. 
kind of ends on a goofy, campy note. Of course. Big trouble in little China. China. Yeah, no, that theme song is something else. Take her away. Clap, clap. Like, it's just very, it's very much like that, that evidence where it's still just kind of that thing where it's like, I think John Carpenter is awesome. I love him. Is it really that impressive that he does his own music? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it, it's the end of an adventure unlike no other. Um, it is an adventure that we should all definitely take a look at and watch someday. Yes. Because it is very good. Um, I think that's Quite one of my good. favorite John Carpenter movies. Like we said, though, it's not going to be the last one. But it was good to just kind of all get together and ch- chit-chat with the with the, with the boys. It was uh, my first time, and I will say it was uh, very good. I really nice. enjoyed it. I am really glad you liked it. Yeah, me too, man. Really because it, yeah. it, I don't think it's really divisive necessarily, but it's either like you're into it or you're mm-hmm. not into it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it, it suffers from the things. 80s, like, well, what is this movie trying to be? Yeah, It's yeah, like we, we said. It's like it's not meant to be set in reality. It's meant to be set in, like, a world of fantasy. And Well, it's funny. This is Jess uh, and her theater company had done a oh, big yeah, the yeah, trouble yeah. in Little China. Oh, that's and did hilarious. Their that must have been so much with fun. With a mix of Dirty Harry and all that. Oh, nice. Oh, so, that's pretty great. Yeah. That so is she was cool. like, when she heard we were doing this, she's like, you didn't invite me? <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I didn't choose it. So, yeah. And, and yeah, you know, thanks for coming in and, and chit-chatting with us, Pat. Again, Absolutely. we're going to have you back. We've had Zach. We've had Pat. We're going to have others come in and chit-chat about movies that we all like and we all like to watch. So, man, hope you had some fun. Yeah, hope you, hope absolutely. You, hope you enjoyed eating all that Culver's. and I had a good time with that Culver's. Those cheese curds were delicious, by the way. Yeah. Those, those hit the spot. Those cheese curds that uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily need definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. But do you know what we need? We need to do another episode. And you yeah. know what else we need? We need to do an Urso pick. So, Urso, why don't you tell us what we're recording or uh, what we're going to be watching next, bro? So, our next uh, film for Pizza Guns and Movies is going to be a little film that uh, was written by one David Mamet, which is a little device. <laughs> but it is. Glengarry Glen Ross, based on the play Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> and it is set in a, an office uh, with four salesmen trying to sell plots of land and the trials and tribulations they go through in order to sell these plots of land, the plots they create amongst themselves in order to dupe their uh, masters out of their money and yeah i mean it's a good it's it's a comedy it's a drama it's dramedy there's a chinese restaurant you get al pacino so that's always fun those are basically (laughs) all the elements that make up movies i love no i'm excited and (laughs) glenn glenn gary glenn and ross sound like four friends who could become like sort of like a Voltron, where it's like we are Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, we will fight the Zortrons. It's actually the uh, unaired pilot episode of the show Friends. No, oh, really no that, one told yeah. me life was no. gonna be this. It's way. actually Chandler and Ross. 
because I can't mm. remember Joe. Oh, Joey. It's, jo- it's Chandler, <laughs> Joey, and Ross. You can't remember Joey. Every remember, everybody remembers him. Hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hey. I, I love Chandler binging it up. Hey. Yeah, we all love all Chandler, right. But All right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Just remember. And yet, when uh, Keanu still walks among us. <laughs> Keanu does still walk among us. But just remember if, uh, if anybody... If anybody ever uh, asks you um, if you paid your dues, tell them, oh, the person you're trying to call died. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the well-to-do up on Lenox Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with their noses in the air, high hats and colored collars. White bats and fifteen dollars, spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where Harlem sits, putting on the wrist. Bangle gowns upon the bevy of high browns from down the levee, all misfits, putting on the wrist. That's where each and every Lulu Bell goes Every Thursday evening with her swell bows Rubbing elbows come with me And will attend their jubilee And see them spend their last two bits Putting on the wrist